Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Thank you, studio audience. Thank you, everybody online. You're very, very welcome to today's Business Garage. Special greetings and shout out to Apmo and Revma. We've had a wonderful couple of days here in Mukono, and if you missed out on any one of the days, I feel for you, but you can catch up online. Everything that we've been learning and that we've studied has been uh, captured for us online, and I encourage everyone that wasn't uh, able to attend uh, to go online and, and catch up with the rest of us. Special greetings again to Pastor Chris and Lynette Nsubuga, who are hosting us here at Worship Harvest Mukono. And again, special greetings to Pastor Chris, who unfortunately is not here, Pastor Chris Kawesa, who is the business pastor, but is currently launching Worship Harvest Budo, along with Pastor Jean. We also have in the house location pastors with us. We have Pastor Ron and Anne Matheson. We saw Papa Blesso. And we also have Pastor Florence, who is our principal for Harvest Institute. You're very, very welcome. Everybody online and in the house, you look wonderful. You look amazing. With me this morning, and by the way, if you haven't shared the link, please go ahead and share the link. With me this morning, I'm very privileged to come back to you with someone that you know and someone that you hardly see on set. We have Director Grace Munira, our very own, and Pastor Tony Atida. You're, all, you're both very, very welcome. We'll kick off, as you know, as always, Pastor Tony, your greetings. And I think it's the first time we're hosting you here, isn't it? No, it's no, the first it time isn't. you are hosting ah, me. Fantastic. I stand corrected. You're very, very welcome. Please, your greetings before we go any further. Well, thank you, Shepard Mona. Thank you, Business Garage. Uh, as always, greetings first. I send greetings to my team at Milestone Onwards Limited. Yes. Especially my management team. Uh, they all take care of place when I'm not there. I send greetings to my dear wife, Josephine. I know they are watching at home and the children. Peace here. Fantastic. Director. Hello? Aha. Uh-huh. I don't think I can match that, 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 <laughs> that, 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 that introduction. Um, I send greetings to Apostle. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. I used to not want to tell my story. And for a long time, I felt it was not worth telling. And it was really when I came to worship harvest that I was encouraged and um, cajoled, uh, gently coerced, <laughs> gently coerced to actually be able to tell this story. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm yeah. glad. Uh, you've kind of ambushed me or stepped a bit into what I was going to say because my, my greetings and my dedication is actually to you. Wow. Yes. Uh, in, in the lead up to, to preparing for this segment, um, your passion 
never ceases to amaze me, your commitment to teaching us, uh, not just when you come to Business Garage, but also every morning, every week uh, within the BLN calls. And I was just reflecting on you this morning as I was preparing and saying, we're blessed to have you, Director. Uh, you, you labor, you teach us, you give of your knowledge freely. You're vulnerable with us. And uh, above all, you're funny when you're telling <laughs> us your stories. So yeah, um, my greetings and my dedication to you. Hey. Thank you. And tomorrow, we are talking about the four stages of parenting. Wow. Because as entrepreneurs, we need to also be good parents. Fantastic. You yeah. see? So the man is even prepared uh, while we're on set. So everybody, again, in the room and online, very, very welcome to today's segment where we are now starting a new series on partnerships. And um, as you might be aware, and I'll remind you in case you're not, this year our focus is supporting at least 1,000 businesses within the Worship Harvest business community, within the Business Leaders Network, to scale from whatever level you are to at least a turnover of a billion shillings. So if you know you're not at a turnover of a billion shillings, this year is dedicated to you. The commitment that we make is we're going to teach, we're going to share, we're going to bring resources that have walked this journey, that have knowledge, that have experience around growing your business and its turnover from wherever it is, as long as it's under a billion shillings to a billion shillings. So we've completed a series on discipleship, which we believe is key, is very fundamental in helping businesses scale up. And we're now starting a new series on partnership. And the one that we're going to talk about this morning with these two experienced and knowledgeable gentlemen in the context of partnership is finance partnerships. When you get into financing relationships to build indeed your businesses to get to that scale. And so we, we know that in the beginning, many people sometimes take on debt. Many people start with savings. Many people borrow from friends and family. And that is a basic level. That is the starting point. That is the fundamental starting point, which we are not going to get into today because we believe you're very well aware of that. We've covered debt here. Upmo and Director Grace also have spoken in, 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 in much detail, in great detail about debt. A lot of the entrepreneurs that have been... Um, interviewed on Business Garage talk about starting with their savings, borrowing from friends and family. No need to get into that. We're now talking about when you get investors on board coming into your business because that is required to scale. And you'll recall from the five capitals, we have spiritual capital, uh, intellectual capital, physical capital, social capital, and the least of them all is financial capital. A lot also has been talked about uh, around the five capitals, but now we're talking about financial capital. And to get us started on that, uh, Pastor Tony, I'm going to invite you to tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about multimedia, and your journey in um, raising capital, and, and how you started, and then we'll take it from there. So you're very welcome. Thank you, Shepard Mona. Now, uh, all of you have heard my story about how Milestone Onward started. Not really. So, really? kindly, if you okay. could uh, summarize that. Yeah. Milestone Onwards was uh, formed in 2012, registered. Uh, it was uh, fed my family business. During those work days, I had more cheer, bring me more money than the actual job I was doing by then when I was employed. So, uh, then it came to my realization that <clears throat> I was making more money from the side hustle 
than the actual job, than the actual man I was getting from the job. Uh, fast forward uh, five years later, 2017, I attend HI, and during HI, the first lesson, Apostle was teaching from the five levels of leadership, and then he mentioned something that stuck with my head up today, when he said, the person you're complaining to most has the pen writing your life story. Cut the story short, that same month I resigned from my job, then came into the world of real full now, running my business. When I came into my business, I had two things. I didn't have capital, but because I had my talent, so I had intellectual capital, I could do the work, I was a technician. I was a field engineer, so I could do the work. Then two, I had relation capital. My customers knew me. I had a small circle of customers that I was working with. And they would pay me so well, they knew me, they trusted me. They would call me and I was the man with the key in my company. So I, was, I used to have my checkbook in my bag, my tools, my everything. So I would go to the site, write invoices and everything. But I, I was surviving. Now, during that time, because we were more, I was more of a service company, mm -hmm. I had to venture into supplies. And then supplies had to call for capital because I had to buy equipment and then supply it, other than only working on the equipment. And then that brought in the story of uh, how to get financing. As always, uh, people looked to their families. A bit of unfortunate bit, my family wasn't really there to, to finance the business. They, they hadn't really bought into the dream, or they didn't even have the funds by then. But I uh, went to the banks, we looked around, and people were looking at collateral, and my dear wife was so strict about putting our house as security, so that was a no-go We no thank go God area. for a, wife, a wise wife. <laughs> she was like, do everything you want to do, but this home can never be security. So I couldn't go into the part of, uh, the part of financing through the bank. I uh, went through friends. Uh, they were really, really ready to come and partner with me because they hadn't really bought into, my, into the vision of the company. As we're doing HI, uh, I came across some VCs, venture capitalists who are from Netherlands, and they, we got into a conversation. And uh, the beauty about them is that when we're coming in the car, actually, the director mentioned something that was profound. Now I remember that some, some venture capitalists have a section in their business which makes you investor ready. Others just come to invest. So they have a section in their business which just checks if you are investor ready. Lucky for me, the company I contacted one had a section that could make you investor ready. So they came and visited our premises. We were two people by then. Three with an admin. Me, my partner, and my admin. So they, the lady was really blunt with me. says, you know what? If we're going to invest, we can't give you money. You're not ready. Because our... Pastor Tony, I'm going to stop you right there. I feel like you're taking us really fast from VCs to investor ready. I'm thinking we need to go back to basics. Um, so if you don't mind, director, you look like the man who can take us to basics. You look like the man who can... You know, last time you said you're going to tell us things from the African way, the Ugandan way. First breakdown. Pastor Tony's very sophisticated VCs, investor ready. Tell us the basics about this whole thing about bringing investors on board. Teach us. Okay. Typically, when you start a business, um, 
there will be three sources of financing. Mm -hmm. Family, mm -hmm. friends, <laughs> and fools. <laughs> the fools, the people who are foolish enough to believe in your idea with no evidence, mm -hmm. right? But there comes a point when you grow and now need uh, financing from other people. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, again, there are two major groups that you could look at. Private equity funds yes. and then venture capitalists. Because now the amounts we're talking about, especially what we're trying to say, scaling. Yeah. We're scaling to a billion. So now the kind of monies we're talking about are significant. Yes. So what's a private equity fund and what is a venture capitalist? A venture capital, a venture capital really deals with, they are willing to invest in your untested, unproven idea mm. and walk the long journey with you until you have proof of concept. Okay. That's maybe after several, several, several months or years. Okay. But they will underwrite the bigger part of the risk. Now the challenge they're is... They're taking a risk on you. Yes, they're taking a risk on you. They will take a bigger portion of the, the company, mm -hmm. should, should the company uh, now... It's not uh, for free, it's not no, for the largesse no, no, of no, their no, hearts, no, eh? No, Okay. That there's a, a risk-reward uh, ratio in there, mm. that they will eventually own the larger part of the company. Okay. Now you have private equity funds, mm. where you grow your company until, like Pastor Tony said, it's investor-ready. Mm -hmm. um, what do... Then, then you've taken on the debt, you've taken on the friends, family, fools, yeah. you've worked your business, yeah. you've gotten to a certain level that now you look attractive for people to come. They yeah. like finished things. So you've come through and you look like something they could want to invest in? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. Yes, because they don't want to be part of your early growth story. Mm. You have to have um, a cookie to, 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 to scale. Mm -hmm. So there must be something that you're already baking or something that makes money so that you say, I want now to move to 20, 30, 100 locations. But this one or two or three must be strong enough and viable for us now to put in more money and then you're able to, to, to move um, like the Uganda's economy. Okay, so yeah. I like that. So venture capitalists will come, can come in your infancy proof of concept and everything. Yeah. Private equity seems to deal with companies that are starting to mature yes. or have matured. And okay. normally they'll okay. come invest for a, a, a tenure of about three to five years and exit. Okay. And their terms of exit are typically known. Okay. Now there are a few things that they look out for mm -hmm. before they invest. They just don't come and invest in your company just because you need the money. Mm -hmm. One, they look for strong financials. Mm -hmm. What does your balance sheet look like? What do your profit margins look like? What, uh, what, how are you growing? And what's the ratio of expenses to profit? Um, what is your liquidity ratio? Then they look at how strong and how good is your management team? Are you the one who opens, closes? Are you the one who runs all the accounts? Are you the one who... Do you have a strategy? Do you have anyone in charge of procurement? And how are decisions made? So... If you have not started on this professionalizing journey, please sign up with Harvest Institute. 
and get on with the School of Practical Business because that is indeed what School of Practical Business is striving to help businesses do, professionalize. Because it seems they won't touch you with a 10-foot pole when you're still grappling with the basics. Exactly. Um, can I tell a story? Please. I, we love stories. <laughs> we love your stories. I will never forget. There is this firm we interacted with and they were really interested in, 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 in working with us. And so I told them a beautiful story and um, they, they invested in us uh, like a test amount, $20,000. Mm-hmm. And we invested it for six months and then they came back and I told them what we're doing. And they said I was the key man risk. In other words, I, was the, I knew a lot of information about the company and did a lot of work in the company that I remained the risk and they never invested. And the conversations ended there. You are too good for your... Yeah, me, I thought I was assuring them that uh, the company is safe with me. I started it and I'm running it and I am doing everything myself. So I thought that was a good... Uh, those are good credentials. They worked against me. Badly. So the team was weak. I was the team. <laughs> Pastor B3 has taught about that when she was also once the team yeah. and had to be rehired to... To grow the team. The good so thing so they walked the away from you because you are... Yeah, the good thing you, yourself, the team. and you. You have meetings alone. <laughs> <laughs> and you pass resolutions yourself. But then wow. that doesn't invite investors. Yeah. The, the risk is then... So they're looking for robust teams where you have discipled. Correct. Where you have discipled effectively, yeah. replicated, and there are lots of people doing what you can do. Yes. They've grown in your character and competence... Because if you're going to scale, mm. you are, you're not immortal. You're not invisible. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, so if you're not, then you have to be in many locations. And mm. You can't be in many locations at the same time. Mm. So you have to grow the team that will be present mm-hmm. wherever you're going to open. And they have your DNA uh, replicated in those uh, places. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, where we are right now, we've dealt with debt, friends, fools, family, and we're now talking venture capitalists, we're talking private equity, venture capitalists takes the risk with you at the early stages, private equity looks for a lot more maturity, you have um, professionalized, you you have systems, uh, you have teams in place, you're you're doing your audited financials and that type of thing. Yeah, so, so what happened was the resource that was sent to me by the VC, mm-hmm. the first point she told me was our main aim here is ROI, like our return on investment. You're and then full of two, hectic acronyms today. Then two, wow. we need to have you scalable because we need our money, but we were not just giving you free money, but we're investing in you so that we can get our money back. The first thing they told me is that you needed, I needed to hire an accountant, a professional accountant, somebody who can manage the books. I was good with the technical bit, I was good with the sales bit, but I wasn't that good with the, with the books of accounts. So the first thing we did is that we had to hire an accountant who was really good at it. That comes at a cost because they don't come cheap. Then two, we had to get an ERP. We had to get a, a, a management system. What Electronic. is an ERP? Enterprise Resource Program. Thank you very much. What does that do? Uh, basically, what happens is that the, it's a software that helps manage from the time money turns into stock mm-hmm. until the time stock turns into money. 
Wow. Like if you are a trader from the time you buy goods, goods are shipped into the company into your office then goods are supplied to the customer and then the customer pays you back and how you manage the money. So all this is captured in a system. Very correct. So prior to that you were doing things manually? Yeah, we I, we had a book, we had a delivery notebook and we had an invoice book and a receipt book. Wow. which used to sit there. So if you don't know how to write or if you don't have the book, you wouldn't get the document. And so now, all that was now put in that ERP. Yes. The ERP helps you. Let me give some things that the ERP helps you to do. Mm-hmm. As a business owner, you can get financial reports. You'll look at the system and you'll know how much you've made by the time of the month or year, how much you have used to make that money, and what you need to pay so it gives you it gives you three reports it gives you the p&l which is a profit and loss report it gives you a, a balance sheet and also gives you cash flow these reports are really really key and i got to get their importance because i was taken through this process by this team it will give you an overview of your company that's why the big guys can sit somewhere and just look at their computer and they tell you that this department is working well or not depending on the reports. Now, without the system, you can't have that. Yeah. Another thing we did is that uh, because I was the main guy, I was still doing two, two departments. I was still running technical and also running sales. So they told me to get a team, to start building teams. And uh, I read a book by Jaco, Extreme Ownership, where he says that there's no bad team, there's a bad leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to become a you, team. You can say that again. <laughs> it's quotable. There is no bad team, there are bad leaders. So we had to build teams, so we had to come up with a sales team, we came up with a technical team which was responsible for fixing the machines that we brought back because of warranty. We had to get an administration team, which is a financial team as well, which would look on how we spend the money we make draw budgets and how to run how to help us manage the money because I couldn't manage the money myself so we basically came up with those three teams to help us stabilize to be in a situation whereby the bank is not calling me for payments neither are customers calling me for technical work so they helped us do teams the third thing that, that we were able to implement was to have corporate governance I must confess the thing of boards wasn't my thing mm. It's my company. But all this is being implemented or or, or brought on by these venture capitalists. Yes, yes, This is how they are making you invest already. Yes, yes. So left to your own devices, you don't think you would have gotten on this uh, this journey. Wow. Please carry on. I'll give you a story about the the board. Mm -hmm. In my head, and I shared this with my business coach sometime, like, this is my company. I started it. I hustled Mm -hmm. until I got to this point. Why then do I invite other people to dictate what I decide to do with my company? Oh boy, oh boy, I was really wrong. The board really helped us differentiate now, like real, real cutting Tony Atida from milestone onwards. Mm-hmm. Before I would say, yeah, I am independent, but I was there. I would tell the accountant to wire some money and she would wire it, you know. She's handling them, but the board helped us first to set the wig the wildly important goal for mm-hmm. the company for that financial year. After setting the week, then we had to come up with a strategy of how that week is going to be implemented. 
so that from top down, everybody knows what we need this year and how we're going to make it run. It really helped me separate myself from Milestone as an entity and Tony Atida as a founder or, or the CEO of the company. We, gave, we had to give people salaries. I was put on a salary. That means people had to get TIN numbers, not only the company, but also the people getting TIN numbers to be paid. People had to be paid through the bank. There was no cash payments anymore. People had to write vouchers for them to get money to create accountability because auditors were going to come and they had to look through our, 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 how money is living, the paper trail thing. So we had to implement that. Uh, we, we, we saw what it means to run in a month. Like, what do we need to make as a bare minimum for the company to survive? And then it gave the sales team targets on what they need to make for us to be profitable for the month and for the year. So in nutshell, we spent about nine months. Mm. This process took us nine months back and forth. We had to register for payee. We had to make sure that we pay these taxes on time. We got to know what it means by having a 2% penalty for late payment. And it's, it's uh, they call it what? Compounding. Mm. The 2% by URA is compounding. We, we, we had also, we, we learned how, basically we learned how to steward money. Uh, venture capital has helped us learn how to run professional, like run the company in a professional way. Yeah. I love that. Thank you very much. Online uh, audience, thank you very much for the engagement. Bill Mukasa is asking, is there a version of ERP for service-oriented businesses? And I'm happy to, to mention, and I thank you very much, Alfred Brian Agaba has, has, has responded and says, before you can afford an ERP, the Enterprise Risk Program, which is usually comprehensive, including procurement, finance, HR production, you can start with an accounting software QuickBooks. So despair not. Uh, it's, 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 it's a journey. You, you don't have to start right at the very top. There's a, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a lighter entry point in. However, should the opportunity come and should the, should the uh, finances be available, then you go to the ERP. Um, Alfred, thank you very much. Online, online uh, audience, please keep your questions and comments coming through. Please tell us also what's standing out for you. What are your takeaways? would like to hear them. I'm seeing lots of things. Um, debt, friends, fools, the three Fs have, 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 have really tickled people here. And uh, yes, please let's keep the engagement uh, going. So I'll be looking out for your questions and comments. So thank you very much. Director, I'm coming to you because we've had what it is to walk the journey with a venture capitalist uh, through, through Milestone Media. Vine pharmaceuticals, and I believe you're earlier businesses, but Vine Pharmaceuticals, yeah. I believe you've walked the private equity uh, journey. Yeah. What does that look like? I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait for these stories. Please. Um, let me begin from where Pastor Tony, there's something that he mentioned. Mm -hmm. Corporate governance. You need to institute corporate governance while your company is still small you need someone who will ask you the hard questions and help you make the commitments that you said you would do. The problem with institutions and organizations worldwide, and more especially in Africa, is they grow without 
instituting corporate governance. And the problem is that they grow. And when they grow, it becomes harder to institute corporate governance when you have actually grown. Because what has got you here won't get you there. But you believe that what has got you here will get you there. But corporate governance, or the lack thereof, really has taken many companies down. As you grow, you need to separate yourself from the company. And you need to clearly document every system and process. There's mentioning it, there's talking about it, but is it documented? Are we uh, aware of the risks that the company or the organization is exposed to? Mm -hmm. And at what point are we going to um, uh, watch out for the risk? And what is the risk profile? And how has it changed? But from what you're saying, it sounds like corporate governance is like a non-negotiable uh, for these private equity entities or it's one of those things that sets, us, sets businesses up for success? Every business owner must answer this question. Mm -hmm. What happens if you die today? Mm. Because you're not immortal. Mm. You will die. And what will happen to the organization? However big the organization is, what would happen? And many times, even the management team has no clue what would happen. And so there would be factions, there would mm. be groups, there would be a fight and all that kind of thing. Why mm. don't we document all these things mm. and allow the organization to grow? And then the, 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 the vision bearer can be separate from the, the entity and allow it to grow. When we look at all these organizations, these big organizations, we actually know that they are very separate from the people who actually uh, um, uh, started them. How are decisions made? How much can be spent without your sign-off? What decisions can be made without consulting you? Sometimes it strokes the ego of the owner that every decision has to go through them, but then the board will institute and stop that from happening. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they will help you. Normally, the PE firms have uh, private equity firms. Yes, eh? the private equity firms. These are they the ones who are investing in fairly mature companies. Yes, but they have a group. In our case, they used to call them performance acceleration group. Mm -hmm. They will help you really scan the horizon for opportunities, scan the horizon for 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 risks, and see how to avoid and mitigate the risks, and really take advantage of the opportunities there are. So these are people who, in, in the PE firm's prof portfolio, mm -hmm. there are so many other companies that are like yours. Mm -hmm. And so these people bring to bear the whole set of experiences, and they'll give you ways of having your early win, your low-hanging fruit. They'll be able to say, okay, if you look at this, if you lower the price, if you do this, if you are able to pull out this, then your efficiencies will actually improve. First tell me, Director, yeah. uh, the private equity firm, who are they to you at this point? You know, a bank is your lender. Yeah. The venture capitalist is what to you and the private equity? So, so are they doing this for free? Because uh, we even have, we have a question here, uh, whereas uh, Timothy Mbabas is saying, are these venture capitalists doing this for free? Are these private equity people helping you scan your risks and take advantage of these the opportunities for free? The problem we have is we are used to many free things. Mm -hmm. But there are no free lunches. So, so what's the relationship? Even the person who wants to take you out for coffee has an agenda. <laughs> so what's the relationship? Yeah. What's the relationship? They at make this point? money. Mm 
I understand. Yeah. But what's the rela- have they taken a stake in your business? What is the relationship? Uh-huh. Two things. One, you can negotiate mm-hmm. and it's a loan to your company. So you say, I need $300,000 for five years. Mm-hmm. And you'll give them back probably $800,000. Mm-hmm. The terms are really negotiable and our time doesn't suffice mm-hmm. for us to go into that. But you can, they can also come in as equity holders. And they invest and take a portion of the company. Uh-huh. And now they, they are part of the owners of uh-huh. the company. Same thing as venture capitalists? Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. now they own a stake of your business. Yes. So it's not for free, guys. You are inviting new investors yes. into your business. You no longer own it 100%. You likely own it 60, 40, 70, 30, Correct. 20, 80, whatever. And in, in you want case? to say something? I wanted to give an example of my investment. Yeah. Ours was convertible equity. Mm-hmm. We give you this money. If the company performs so well and we feel we need a stake in it, we'll convert the balance into shares. Okay. If we feel you ca- we are not going to make money out of this company, it's going to become a loan and you're going to pay it back in a period of time. So the incentive is to implement or perform on the terms and conditions yeah. Yeah. such it's not a loan. Yeah. Normally, they will help you sign uh, a convertible note. A convertible note is a big word for... Mm-hmm. Um, this thing can change. <laughs> <laughs> to say that this to thing say can that, change. Yeah. Yes. No, now, they'll peg it to a certain level of shareholding, mm. and let's say 40% of the shareholding. But it's convertible either into shares or into um, an amount upon exit, whichever is higher. And in some cases, there are clauses that can, if you underperform based on figures below what you showed them, mm. then that, that they'll convert. Then they'll take more of the shares of the company because you're now underperforming. Uh, you're performing worse than the numbers that you showed them upon due diligence. So ladies and gentlemen, online and in the room, I think you can see that scaling is not a simple matter. There is quite a bit that you must consider. There is quite a bit that you must consider and plan for. And uh, the discussions are sophisticated. And you must be eyes wide open and be ready to negotiate. You actually need a person who has done this before to be on your team. Please do not go into these negotiations alone. Please do not go into the negotiations alone. Say the they third will time. slaughter you. Say I say it the third time. Yes, please. Please do not go into the negotiations alone. Why? They will? They will slaughter you. I'll give you an example. So, if you sign up for 40, that their investment is worth 40%, and you underperform, they may take 60. In this case, they are now the majority shareholders. Secondly, um, there is a there is normally a, 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 a tag-along clause that if they get a, a buyer for their shares, you will come along with the same terms. Mm. Uh, and so they'll drag you. They'll drag you into this new transaction and give you a new spouse. Spouse is in quotes. <laughs> so they'll give you a new shareholder. And indeed, that happened to us when we signed up with another and then these guys were bought up and then we ended up with a different uh, shareholder at the end of the day. That will happen. But you need to know and you need to be committed to walk that entire journey. 
Am I saying that they are bad? No. Because essentially, they are giving you their money. Hey, one thing I had forgotten. You have to have a company evaluation. Question to you, business owner. How much is your company worth? Because if they are going to invest 100,000 in you, for what amount of shares? So you have to know, my company is worth 500,000, so when they invest 100,000, this would be uh, the portion. How do you get your valuations done? Basic audited financial statements is a good starting place, but a anyway. Again, you need a professional. Mm -hmm. There are people who are good, at, they do this for a living. They can tell what your company is worth. But the good thing is that you can always assess the valuation of your company uh, from time to time. And as a business owner, your pay really is that your, the value of your company has improved. As a business owner, in many times, you will, you will put in more than you're getting. But as long as the value of your company is improving, then your pay one day will really materialize. Gentlemen, you know what is unfolding to me right now? Yeah. This is a very important and very heavy and deep topic. If you don't mind, and with Pastor Chris's permission, we're going to have you back because I think that we're barely scratching the surface. So do I have your consent to have you back? Do we have a choice? Yes, you do. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Thank you very much. But, and so I wanted to use the last segments of our time to take on some questions and comments, uh, and then we can be back to get uh, a lot more into, into what is a very, very exciting uh, topic. First of all, to summarize so far what you've said, venture capitalists work with you from infancy, uh, test proof of concept, will invest with you until such a time when it's matured, and they also look to exiting. They also have terms that are convertible. If you underperform, it becomes a loan, which you need to pay up. And if, it's equity, if you perform, they take equity, but which they still need to exit. But the terms of equity are, are better than a loan. From private equity, I have, we've also learned that they work with you, they work with more mature companies. You are north of five years old, you have professionalized, and that's when you begin to look interesting. The venture capitalists take somebody from, invest, uh, from, from infancy and help them be investor ready. Private equity people expect that some of these things are in place, and to you, some of the non-negotiables are, for instance, corporate governance. You have to have your corporate governance working and in place, and some of these things include um, uh, boards, uh, corporate governance takes on the form of a board, and there's an interesting comment from, from uh, Elder Ariho Kamara. He says corporate governance is akin to having a will. But basically, you have, you have corporate governance uh, in place. The other one, at a basic level, know your valuation and work with professionals. So three things I take from the private equity segment, corporate governance, know your valuation, get advice, work with professionals, work with people who have done this before, or else they will slaughter you, okay? So that's, those, are the, those are the key takeaways. Uh, online and, and, and in the room, does that make sense to you? Are those your takeaways as well? Now you know the difference between venture capitalists, private equity, when they come in, terms and conditions, what to do, what not to do. Let's take a couple of questions uh, here. Joffrey Ayebesa is asking, how can I handle the risks of the business if I am alone in a business 
and I have some people who are interested. And then Anita Musimenta says, can I do any business starting with a capital of two million only? And there was another question, where do you get the ones that take it from idealization? Like Pastor Tony, where did you find these venture capitalists? Director Grace, I'll want you to handle the question around can you start with two million and also how you handle those risks that come um, a little bit into uh, the private equity. So where did you find these venture capitalists? Where do people find them? Uh, the space you, you're in, they, there's that saying that you're an average of your five friends. But the thing is, the space I was in, I was in a space, I, I made sure I go into spaces where business people are and grown businesses are, because my aim was really to learn from them. And during those conversations is when I was referred to this Netherlands farm, and I got contact from them. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know in the beginning what I was, I was all I wanted was money. Like, me, I want money. I want this thing to be financed. But because I was in this space, mm. I walked the journey with these people, and because they had, they had become my friends, they pointed me in the right direction of people who could fund me. So social capital is yeah, key. Who are important. you hanging out with? Your five friends, you're the average of them, and they'll open doors and lead you. Yes. But also, you need a coach. Guys, you need somebody to walk the journey with you. You need a business coach. It's lonely outside there. You need somebody you can cry to. You need somebody you can make calls to. There's a time I called my business coach, and I was really stressed. I was like, guy, relax. You know this guy here? He has five times what you're going through. Didn't you see him drive his ML around? Said he did. Please relax. Mm. So you need you need somebody to walk the journey with you, and you can only get this in a business coach. Okay. So you find them through your social capital, through your networks, and also business coaches and mentors will tend to be able to point you in the right direction. Director, two million shillings only. Can I kick off? Secondly, the risks involved with getting in marriage with these private equity people. We can start on it now, but you can also get into it next week. You can, before you announce how much you have or you don't have, mm. do you have, what is the business idea mm -hmm. and is it viable? Mm -hmm. In technical terms, what is your business model like? How do you plan to generate income? Do you have proof have the check writers written a check apart from your mother? Who else likes what you're doing? Mm. The issue is more than the money. Let's look at, let's test your concept that it is bankable. If your concept is bankable, don't worry. We will run to you and support you in order to actually, you can even start a business without capital. There are the, the, the customer funded businesses mm -hmm. where you, you actually get the, the payment in advance, mm -hmm. then you, 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 you know, subscriptions and all that kind of thing. But there's also a book by a guy, uh, customer funded business. You can dig it up and read it. More than the money, the idea. Mm -hmm. Is the idea solid enough for you to actually even risk the two million? Okay. If the idea is not solid, Please give me the two million and I eat it. Okay. Because you will, you will, <laughs> you will blow it up uh, sooner than later. That's a very good place to stop.
uh, who asked that Anita Musimenta if you don't have what to do if you haven't yet figured out your value I can send you our mobile money numbers and uh, <laughs> we can help you put that 2 million to good use gentlemen it's been a pleasure we're going to have you you couldn't get into the question that we asked but we have more time and I'm also reminded by Pastor Chris that Uganda Securities Exchange and School of Practical Business are supporting businesses uh, and the School of Practical Business to professionalize, to be investor ready. Should you be interested in that, please get in touch with Pastor Chris Kawesa and any one of the coaches. Uh, there's Dr. Stephen Mugabe and they'll be able to support you. I believe Pastor Florence as well uh, can also support you in terms of getting you in touch with Uganda Securities Exchange that can help match make you to potential investors and support you on the journey to being uh, investor ready. But as usual, uh, we cannot end this segment with bringing, without bringing you into the biggest and most significant partnership you'll ever have of your life, uh, which is indeed a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're out there and you've never given your life to Christ, you don't know or don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't say you're saved, you don't call yourself saved, this is indeed an opportunity and the moment for you to get into the one and one of the most and indeed the most important partnership you'll ever have of your life, which is accepting our Lord and Savior Jesus as your uh, Savior. So if you haven't uh, made that decision, please repeat the prayer that I'm going to lead you through uh, and, and thereafter you will be uh, born again. Dear Lord, thank you for today and thank you for your mercies. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, for my sins. Thank you for the blood that cleanses us makes us whole and reconciles us back to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. With my mouth, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. And in my heart, I believe indeed that you are my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. All this I've prayed, believing and trusting. In your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've said that prayer, you are born again and you are a child of God and you have been born into the body of Christ and into the kingdom of Christ. On the screen is a number, plus 256-775-642-449. And if you text, call or WhatsApp that number. There'll be somebody on the other end to support you, to guide you, help you make sense of this decision you've made and of this relationship that you've entered. And they'll immerse you in the body of Christ uh, here at Worship Harvest. Thank you very much. And for everybody that came uh, into the room, thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. And online as well, thank you for your engagement. Thank you for your participation. We look forward to seeing you at all our 88 locations and all the ones that are being launched uh, this morning where our main garage starts at 9 a.m. in some locations at 10 a.m. and then our next ones at 11.30.
please share the links uh, when they are given and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday with these two gentlemen as we get as we continue on our journey of partnerships dealing specifically with financing options have a good Sunday and God bless you all Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.